If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. It's a special podcast we put together on the weekends for you to enjoy. It's going to highlight some of our best interviews from this week from the radio show. You can hear these interviews live during the week in your local radio station. To find out where you can hear the Dan Bongino radio show near you, go to Bongino.com. Click on Station Finder, and you'll find the station nearest you. But before we get to our first interview, let me get to one of our sponsors. We really appreciate their time. Getting stuck in Black Friday crowds? Super uncomfortable. Shopping Tommy John's before Black Friday sale? Super duper comfortable. When you give your loved ones Tommy John, they're all that much more comfortable, so they can do everything better. Shop Tommy John's before Black Friday sale now and give the gift of comfort to everyone on your list, including yourself with Tommy John's men's and women's loungewear. With over 18 million pairs sold, giving Tommy John underwear and loungewear has become a holiday tradition. 97% of women and men love getting a gift from Tommy John. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. I love wearing my Tommy John because they fit just right. and The comfort level's off the charts. You should get Tommy John too. Celebrate softness season with the gift of Tommy John underwear, loungewear, and pajamas. Every gift's backed by Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free, guaranteed. Shop Tommy John's before Black Friday sale going on right now and get 25% off everything at TommyJohn.com slash Dan. For 25% off for a limited time only at TommyJohn.com slash Dan. TommyJohn.com slash Dan. See site for details. First up today, we talked to Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh has the book version of 2000 Mules, the Outstanding. We'll be coming out. Got a book coming out about it. Don't miss it. We talked about the upcoming election, what has and hasn't been done to make it secure in light of what he exposed in his movie, 2000 Mules. This is an eye-opening interview, folks. If you're interested in elections, winning them and keeping them secure, don't miss it. All right, I'd love to welcome back to the show a good friend to the show, the uh, man who put out the movie 2000 Mules, which a lot of us found uh, incredibly troubling and fascinating, frightening and interesting at the same time. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh, welcome back to the show. Dan, always a pleasure. Great to be on. Well, thank you, sir. It's always great to have you. So your movie 2000 Mules scared the hell out of a lot of people, me included. It's so informative and um, very well done. And in the movie, you pointed out that there are some obvious security problems with these ballot boxes that are left unattended. You know, it's, it's pretty obvious when you go in to vote at a voting location. You go there. In many states, you have to present an ID. Many states, you don't. Either way, there's typically a person there. So if Dinesh D'Souza were to try to commit voter fraud and bring in, say, 20 different ballots from 20 different people he didn't know from a harvesting location, it would get kind of weird as you walk back in 20 times. That doesn't happen at these ballot boxes and 2000 mules, you know, showed that you see the response, though, Dinesh. Now the left is paranoid that poll watchers and people who have taken it upon themselves to legally watch what's going on at the ballot boxes. The left's freaking out. They can't believe that we would actually want to see what's going on in this system. It drives them crazy. I mean, let's think about this, Dan. If you look at the CISA, the CISA is the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Agency. Their election rules require 
that all mail-in drop boxes have 24-hour surveillance. So my first question is in an era where you've got surveillance in every parking lot, every mall, you know, every Home Depot, every post office, why wouldn't states have surveillance on every drop box? Patriots wouldn't have to camp out at drop boxes if there was, in fact, the required surveillance installed. But we know from 2020 that very little of that was actually done. Now, then the excuse was COVID. We never got around to it. But there's no excuse for not having surveillance in 2022. Yeah. No, there's none. I mean, why... The only reason you wouldn't want surveillance of a ballot box location is clearly because you're interested in cheating. That's the only reason. There is no other reason you wouldn't want that. And and the thing is, uh, Dinesh, their logic here is so tortured. So you're not allowed to question the integrity of elections, although they do it all the time. And then when you suggest things that would increase people's confidence in the public election process... Like, hey, how about we institute a vigorous surveillance system of these ballot boxes? The left goes, no, 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 you can't have that either. I mean, this is really a damned if you do, damned if you don't in the classic sense, isn't it? Well, a very good way to think about all this is simply to ask, in any context other than voting, would this uh, requirement be suspect? And so take voter ID. Nobody says that if you show up to a bank and they ask you for an ID, you know, it's banking suppression. Nobody says that if you show up at an airport and they ask you for an ID, it's airline suppression. But somehow if you show up to vote and they ask you for an ID, it's voter suppression. So right there, you know, something's wrong because it is only in this context that the ID is interpreted as some form of intimidation. The same with surveillance. Nobody questions the fact that there's constant surveillance, particularly when there is the possibility of something being of some sort of shenanigans going on. And yet when it comes to the mail and drop boxes and only the mail and drop boxes, suddenly surveillance becomes something that's threatening. It's going to scare people. It's going to deter them from voting and so on. Why would you be deterred from voting if you are casting a lawful vote? We're talking to Dinesh D'Souza. Check out his movie, 2000 Mules. It's 2000mules.com, right, Dinesh? Is that the website? It's 2000mules.com, and there's now today out a new book that sort of more systematically and fully lays out that case. Things that you can't put in a movie are in the book and also an answer to critics. Oh, great. Where, where do they get the book? Wherever they are, you can buy books? Oh, Is yeah, it it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, just about anywhere that you can buy a book. Oh, wow. I'm sorry, Dinesh. My apologies. Jim had told me that. And uh, I, I, how do you got to get me a copy of that ASAP? I need that. I'll be reading. I will, chats. I will get I'll it be right reading, off to you. Thank you. I'll be reading passages of that on the air. I did a three hour special for 2000 Mules. I was so fascinated by your movie. So I get a lot of this. I mean, maybe you can answer this, Dinesh. I, and if you uh, if we disagree on this, it's OK. You know, we're conservatives so we believe in vigorous debate but i get this question a lot from listeners uh they'll hit me up on facebook the message portion which i leave open they'll say dan i have no confidence in the system um, i'm not voting because by voting I've, i i feel like i'm kind of uh, i'm putting my stamp of approval on a system that's that's broken and my response back to them is well every system is inherently broken you know we're we're, we're a society of sinners and fallible human beings and in the world this lived on the margin. Then I mean everything's gray. You gotta vote. Even if your vote is diluted by illegal votes, um, it still matters. I, that system sucks. I wish there was no voter fraud, but you've got to vote. I mean, if we didn't vote, we wouldn't have Ron DeSantis. You know, we we may get a Carrie Lake in there. Well, how do you respond to that after having uh, you know, put two thousand meals out there and exposed this massive fraud to people who say, ah, I'm out, I'm not doing it? 
Well, the thing the thing to realize is that you know they are right in the sense that once a system reaches a certain point of breakdown, then the system itself is gone. I mean, obviously, an extreme example would be like Stalin's Russia. There's no point showing up to vote. The system is completely controlled and rigged. We are not in that situation. In fact, I would argue that one of the benefits of 2000 Mules, number one, more people are aware of it. And when you're aware of something, it's harder to do it. I mean, if I were to tell you that at a given bank in New York City, they're going to come rob it at 7 p.m. on Saturday, well, it's going to be harder for the thieves to go, yeah, 7 p.m., let's go. You know, they're not going to be, they're going to be deterred in doing it. More Republicans have signed up to be poll watchers, poll observers, poll judges. So there's a greater level of participation. Frankly, it's much harder to cheat in a midterm. Why? Because it's easier to rig the ballot for one guy. Let's just get Trump out of there. Then when you have multiple candidates at multiple offices in multiple different states, organizing the mules for that, much harder to do. I'm not so much worried about 2022. I do think that we need to take some important steps before 2024 to protect that presidential election. Dinesh, what's is the title of the book? Two thousand mules. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a little. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, no, the no, it's the same title, and okay. the book cover actually mirrors the poster of the movie. So it's the companion book for the movie, and normally I release them together. But in this case, I wanted to get the movie out, so the movie sort of outran the book. But the book, the good thing about that is that the book has a full refutation of the critics of the movie. How do you refute the critics? I know you and I have discussed this before, but given that they've really panicked about this and I, I haven't seen a full throated, you know, a, a 30 front war against a movie about election fraud or a book or a research project like they they came out against 2000 Mules. They've resorted to a lot of personal attacks against you, against Greg, against Catherine. Um, I think it's because they're frightened about what you guys uncovered. But one of the things I get often about 2000 Mules from lefties is, you know, the cell phone data is just not accurate. You can't tell that a mule was going to a ballot box in contrast to just driving by one. Which let me just say before you answer, Dinesh, I find interesting because the left wanted to squelch the same cell phone data because they were afraid that people on the right would monitor who went to abortion clinics. Which I find weird. If the data is not accurate, it's not accurate. So how do you respond to that criticism? Well, it was particularly astounding coming from Bill Barr. I mean, I, it's one thing if you get it from, you know, uh, the fact checker at AP who's a you know, 20-something graduate from yeah. Portland State, doesn't know anything about geotracking, doesn't know anything about election law. But here you have Bill Barr. He's been head of the DOJ. And as you know, the DOJ uses cell phone geotracking every single day. I mean, they found Mike Lindell in the drive-in in Hardee's. How do they know he was there? They're tracking his phone. So they were able to pinpoint his location. FBI cars come up, they take his phone, but he was located through cell phone geotracking. It's used by this. It's used by multiple agencies of the government. So it is, again, you know, applying this general principle, it is re- regarded as accurate in every single context except one, and that is ballot trafficking. Yeah, it's, it's just weird. I keep reading these stories about how they're so terrified, the left, of people being tracked into abortion clinics using the exact same technology. And when you mention it in this context, they lose their minds. It's frustrating, though, Dinesh, making these arguments to people who clearly don't have good intentions. They're not making reason arguments. They're making political ones while pretending to be fact checkers and journalists. The perfect example is what's going on with Stacey Abrams, who keeps making increasingly ridiculous claims about voter suppression down in Georgia. 
You know, you understand correlation and causation. She's making a causal inference saying that voter ID measures in Georgia are going to cause votes to be suppressed. Yet, Dinesh, as you know, voter turnout in Georgia is now reaching record levels, almost to the point of a presidential election level of turnout during a midterm. So not only is there no causal relationship, there's a negative correlational one. In other words, they had a voter ID law pass and turnout went up. I mean, it's really hard to debate these people when basic premises of logic just collapse in their own brains. That's right. See, lawyers like Mark Elias have been going to court and insisting that an ID requirement will suppress the vote, will keep a lot of people at home. And then when empirical data comes out that shows the opposite, you never get these guys go, well, gee, you know what? I actually was wrong. I'm very happy to see that turnout has increased. No, they just double down. And now a a sort of very disturbing line of rhetoric I'm beginning to see. You saw a little bit of it from Hillary Clinton. Uh, You also see it from people like Bill Kristol, Max Boot. They're basically acting like voting for Republicans in the midterm is a form of of anti-democracy. It's coming out against democracy. Why? Because presumably the Republican candidates are, quote, authoritarian. And so even if they win through the democratic process, Essentially, the only way to affirm democracy is to vote for Democrats. It's a bizarre logic line, though. I, I, you know, I've always respected you. I watch your videos debating on college campuses, and you're just so eloquent and good at it. But when, when you distill that down, that's kind of a, I saw that thing by Max Boot today, by the way. It's just bizarre. I mean, how? Uh, let's debate this, right? So we're the authoritarians, Dinesh, yet we're the ones fighting for tax cuts to give you back more of your money. Um, fighting to, you know, so you can control the public school system to allow your, you know, the kid to go to school. We're school choice advocates. That doesn't sound authoritarian. We're the ones fighting for patient centered health care, not, you know, government top uh, top down rationing. I, I don't get we're fighting for regulatory reform where where government doesn't get to tell you what to do if you're a hair braider in Minnesota. And that doesn't sound authoritarian to me. It sounds like the the opposite, like they're doing kind of a flipperoo accusing you of what they're doing. Well, I think what's going on is that, and let's remember, this is a worldwide phenomenon. They'll, you know, Georgia Maloney wins the Italian election. So yeah. now it's anti-democratic for her because she's an authoritarian. I think what's really going on is the left is confusing progressivism with democracy. They seem to think that democracy must always render a progressive verdict. So the fact that you and I and the GOP and Viktor Orban in Hungary and Georgia Maloney in Italy, we believe in democracy, but we're not progressives in the modern sense. They somehow believe that if democracy doesn't render a progressive verdict, it's not really democracy. Dinesh D'Souza, I got about 30 seconds left. He's got a new book out, folks, about 2000 Mules, 2000 Mules available now wherever you get your books. Please pick it up today. It is such an important piece of work what Dinesh has been up to. Uh, I only got about 30 seconds, but uh, are you confident in the next presidential election of uh, midterms are right around the corner? We get that, but the next presidential election that will be able to clean this mess up. Or do you think the 2000 mules disaster, all these ballot mules, we're going to see a resurfacing of that. Let me say that I think our destiny is completely in our own hands. There's no reason to be fatalistic I have a line in the film repeated in the book where I say that, you know, Republicans focus on the campaign. Democrats focus on the election. They focus on the actual administration of the election. Where do the drop boxes go and so on? So I would just urge Republicans become more involved in the process. And that's the best security we have for our elections. 
That's great advice, Dinesh. 2,000 Mules, folks. The book out today. The book out. Please get it. 2,000 Mules, wherever you get your books. Also, if you have not seen the movie, it is 2,000mules.com. That is the website. It is a must-watch before the election coming up in a couple weeks. You'll see what's really going on. Dinesh D'Souza, thanks for your time as always. We appreciate it. Dan, always a pleasure. You got it, folks. Now you can see why. One of our most popular guests. Very, very smart guy. I was watching him debate people on uh, videos on Facebook eight, nine years ago before I even had a podcast. So good at it. That was Dinesh D'Souza and his thoughts on the midterms and the book, 2000 Mules, a movie as well. Up next, we talk with Carrie Lake. She is a rock star in the conservative movement. This is a fantastic interview, but let me get to our next sponsor first. Uh, Today's show brought to you by Birch Gold. I am a repeat customer to Birch Gold. Why? Because I know the damaging, pernicious effects of inflation, what it does to your wallet, your savings, it will destroy your life. You got to protect yourself. I go back to Birch Gold every time, B-A-R-C-H. The stock market's in turmoil. In a month, the market lost 10% of its value. Even though inflation's out of control due to spending, Democrats want to spend more, which is going to lead to more inflation, further destroying your savings. How do you protect it? Protect your savings the way I protect mine with Birch Gold. You can own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered account. If you're freaked out by the economy in the U.S. dollar, you should be. Then text Dan, my first name, to 989898. Birch Gold will send you a free information kit on securing your savings with gold. As I said, I'm a customer. I'm a multiple repeat customer of Birch Gold. Just the other day, purchased some more, and I'm really grateful I am right now. Birch Gold is legit. They've been around for almost 20 years, have five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out. Text Dan to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Don't wait. Do it today. Past performance, not a guarantee of future results. Message and data rates apply. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Here's Carrie Lake, a great candidate for governor in Arizona, one of the best in the country. She really is a rising star in the GOP and the conservative movement in a critical, important race. Don't miss this. So there's palpable excitement in the audience over this interview. I can feel it. I leave my Facebook page open for messages so you all can speak to me. And uh, I gave it a lot of great guests on this show, but people are really, really excited about the guests I'm about to welcome into the show. She is a candidate for the governorship of the wonderful, beautiful state of Arizona. She is a conservative. She is a rising star in the party who has garnered a lot of attention and appropriately so. Her website is carrylake.com, K-A-R-I-Lake.com. I want to welcome to the show, Carrie Lake. Carrie, thanks for joining us. Oh, my gosh. I am so excited. Maybe that's what you were feeling. The excitement was coming from me. Gosh, <laughs> I just have so much respect for you, and what you're doing, um, I am. I am personally uh, really stoked about speaking to you. I met you one time um, at an event. It was brief. There were a lot of people around you. Everybody wanted to talk to you. And um, Carrie, I think it's because you have that kind of genesis qua. You know, uh, you, you have this. Uh, you have a gift. I mean, I don't want to start with excessive flattery and make you uncomfortable, but you do. You have a gift I don't see in a lot of politicians, um, and it's this ability to just fight back and instinctively answer a question without having to look like you're going through mental gymnastics. Is that 
a product of your career in the media before? Uh, you don't see it a lot. You, you, you don't. Is that, is that your media training? I think so. Well, first of all, I will take the flattery. After tens of millions of dollars in attack ads, if somebody throws (laughs) me a compliment, I accept it. You got Um, it. I think it is. And and the fact that I I don't really want to be a politician. I mean, it's it's gross, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just in this because I see problems in Arizona. I think I can fix them. I know I can fix them, especially with we the people behind me. And I don't. I don't know how to speak anything but the truth. I was just with one of my campaign staffers yesterday, and we were talking about, we were going on, on a big sh- uh, interview on Fox, and she was telling me some things, and she goes, why am I trying to tell you anything? You're just going to go out there and say what's on your heart. What the heck am I even thinking trying to tell you what to say? Yeah. I, I don't do well being coached on what to say. I just have to speak from my heart. And if that gets me in trouble sometimes, so be it. I'm, I'm here to speak the truth. I'm not a good liar. Um, but apparently, even though I'm not a good liar, we're doing well in politics because people are ready for the truth, authentic- authenticity, and somebody who's going to push back against all that we know is wrong in society and in this world right now. We're talking to Carrie Lake, a conservative uh, rock star right now, running for governor in Arizona. CarrieLake.com is the website. Uh, I agree with you. I um I remember running for office myself. I, I was not successful. It just wasn't for me. It didn't work out. You know, horseshoes and hand grenades, right? But I remember them trying to set up these little focus groups, and I would get into arguments with the focus group, and my campaign crew just eventually stopped because it became a waste of time. And they were nice people. It wasn't, I, I, I have no ill will towards them at all. But I think what happens, Carrie, and I think you've seen this, is being that you're not a politician and you're from outside that ecosystem, they all, you know, it's that old adage, right? To a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Do you find that too, where you're like, no, nah, I'm not going to say that that way about immigration. It's illegal immigration. And I'm going to speak about mm-hmm. it because it's a breaking of the law. Like, I'm not going to massage it and be cute about it. Do you, you get that same experience? Oh, totally. I mean, I, we, when we got into the general, somebody on my staff, had, uh, I didn't know it. They were working on with a company to do a bunch of polling to figure out what people were concerned about in the general. Right. And I said, well, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, cancel this. We're not doing it. We're not spending, you know, 30, 50,000 on, on something right. so stupid. We're not going to change our message in the general. I know that that's what every other politician does. I think it's phony. Our message is great. It was great in the general. It's what people of Arizona want. It solves our problems. So I just haven't been playing by the rules because, A, I don't know the rules, and, B, every time I hear one of the rules, it's, it's counterintuitive and it doesn't make sense. No, we it know doesn't. what the problems are in Arizona. The people on my team have lived here. We're reg- A lot of the people on my team are regular people, non-politico types, who understand what's happening in Arizona. We're losing our uniqueness. We're losing what makes us Arizona. We're seeing political elite try to push us into California, and we do not want to become a California 2.0. That's why we're doing so well. But, you know, you talked about illegal immigration. I did an interview with Dana or Dana Bash on CNN last week, I think. It was the week before. Yeah, it was awesome. We used clips from it on our show. It was was very good. (laughs) Go ahead. She said something like, 1% of the people coming across are criminals. I said, well, after I stopped the interview, I wish I would have thought of it mid-interview. No, 100%. Right. They broke the, the law. coming in are breaking the law. 100% are actively breaking the law. So, um, 
you know, and, and they get their they get their stats. You know, the, the government is the one who's behind this problem. Joe Biden and his administration have caused the problem. There are many, probably uh, hundreds of thousands who do have a rap sheet because they're, they're the gotaways coming across. If you're a gotaway, you don't want to be processed by Border Patrol. You're not trying to file a, a asylum, a fraudulent asylum uh, claim because you have some serious baggage when it comes to your rap sheet behind you. And these are people we don't want coming into Arizona. We want no illegal immigration. We want all legal immigration. That's the way it, it should be. Yeah, I mean, what you said is axiomatically true. You're 100% of people entering the country illegally are criminals, by the way. It's not a moral judgment. It's a statement of pure. You can argue with it all you want, but it makes you look like an idiot. I mean, they, they, you, yeah. we're not. it's not a mass moral condemnation. It's a statement of fact. Your opponent, we're talking to Carrie Lake, GOP nominee for governor in Arizona. Your opponent, Katie Hobbs, you know, listen, I, I don't like Democrats. You, you, don't, you don't have to comment. I, I just I, I, I just don't. I don't like their ideology. It's not personal. It's just their ideology is destructive. But I try to be an object, objective analyst of races around the country because it matters for the audience. We're in trouble here. We're not in trouble there. Your opponent is bar none the worst candidate I've seen in a competitive race running for governor. An apt <laughs> a week. I, I mean it. I mean, I'm, I'm, again, I don't like her ideology. It's not personal. I've never met her. I don't care to meet her. I have never seen someone so inept at messaging. Uh, yeah, I mean, she, she, she's calling you an election denier. She's the secretary of state. She just screwed up a mass ballot mailing to people. I mean, she's running away from people in, de- in debates. I mean, literally running from people asking her questions. She is a horrifyingly bad candidate. I, I, I think your race is going to go very well. How, your feelings on how it looks with 18 well, days to go. You know, I, if everything were fair and we had no problems in our election system, I think we'd win by a landslide. Well, we're drawing crowds that are, are massive. People who've been in politics forever come to our events and say, we've never seen anything like this in Arizona. And I'm not being boastful, Dan. It's not about yeah. me. No, I've heard it. It's I've really heard it from about others. The, it's about the people are sick and tired of what they're seeing. And they're realizing that the only way to solve these problems are to get involved. And they're getting involved, which is great. Um, she is a horrible candidate. It's always opposite day in, in the Democrat Party these days. And it's not even a Democrat Party anymore. You think of what many years ago the Democrat Party at least claimed they stood for, helping the working class. They're, they're totally opposed to that now. They don't care about the working man at all. They're globalists. They want open borders. They want uh, higher taxes. They want to take those policies that have destroyed California and Oregon and Washington and Illinois and all of our big major cities, and they want to bring those to our states and it will be the destruction and end of Arizona if a Katie Hobbs were to ever win. I don't think she will in her history. The media won't tell you, but she's a twice convicted racist who's cost the taxpayers nearly $3 million. She paid women of color in her office, $30,000 less than the men doing the same job. Uh, You know, she's voted against border security, whether it be the border wall, a virtual border wall, uh, asking the federal government to reimburse us for the cost of the open border. And then she co-sponsors legislation to start sex ed in kindergarten. I'll tell you, I've known kindergartner teachers in my life. Not one of them got into being a teacher because they want to talk to five-year-olds about sex. That's why we're losing good teachers. They're fed up. Yeah, uh, we're talking to Carrie Lake, a fantastic candidate for governor in Arizona. The website, carrylake.com. That's K A R I lake.com. 
You got a few uh, few bucks, send it her way. Ah, it's a race for yeah. governor in Arizona. Nah, folks, it's a lot more than that. Please Arizona's trust me on this save one. America. I I I, I, agree. Really I think feel that way. I, you know what's going to save America? Candidates like you. You don't have to ask for. I do, I do it for. I was a candidate, Carrie. I know how uncomfortable it is, and I try to take that weight off my guests on the show because it sucks. You're growing up. Your mother told you two things: don't brag about yourself and don't ask people for money. When you run for office, you have to violate those. So I do it for the send her a few dollars. I'm telling you, this is the future of our movement right here. People like you, people it. like Ron DeSantis, who take it back to them. I'll end with this because I want to let you get back in the campaign trail. You had a video out the other day. A couple of media goons showed up, tried to impugn your integrity, calling you an election denier. You don't deny elections. You have questions about elections, which every American citizen should. You completely destroyed them. We played the, cl- uh, the, the clip on the show. You brought receipts of multiple Democrats actually denying election results. How did that feel when that was over? And what did those morons do after you eviscerated them all in front of all those cameras? <laughs> they packed up their cameras, tucked their tail between their legs and, and, awesome. and walked away. I got to awesome. give my um, one of my favorite people. We have such a great crew. Anthony, he's 20. He's a hardworking kid who loves Arizona. A, you know, um, homegrown kid. He came up with the idea. He said, if they ask you about being an election denier, you should give them this. And he showed me that what he printed out. I said, Anthony, you're genius. Now I call Anthony, my 20 year old um, assistant. I call him the most trusted journalist in America. <laughs> we gave him <laughs> he did Jim, more work than any. Did we not get Carrie? We gave Anthony a shout out just an hour ago on the show because we thought that was so funny how he had this stuff just ready to roll and the confused looks on their faces as you produce receipt after receipt of Democrat, Democrat <laughs> spokespeople, Democrat candidates for governor denying election. It was just glorious how you pulled that off. Loved it. I got to tell you, Dan, you know, I know you said you ran. It was an unsuccessful bid. It's never unsuccessful because I'm sure you pushed the ideas that are so important to this country. We did. You just ran too early. We need you to run now. No, no, no. My times (laughs) I have free, you know, Carrie, I, 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 sir, and and, and I think you're going to win. Knock on wood. I don't want to get out ahead of my skis. Everybody needs to vote and bring 10 people with them to vote for Carrie Lake. Um, yeah. Well, but my I was, when it, uh, opponent is in charge of the election, so that concerns me greatly. It worries me. Worries a lot of people. But I'll tell you, after I lost, and I, and I hope this doesn't happen to you, and I don't think it will. But uh, I met a really smart guy one time, and he said to me, "You know, Dan," he said, "Sometimes you ask God for an answer, and it's no, and uh, that's okay. And my time is up. I mean, my time now is to help people like you save this country. And this microphone means a lot to me. And we are very careful with our guests." We have a no squish rule on this show. And when I get behind someone for whatever it's worth to you, it matters. And I know you're the real deal. And I pray that people like you get elected. So I'm going to let you get back to the campaign trail. Folks, please send her a few dollars. CarrieLake.com. Please. I'm I'm asking you personally. It's all of it helps. It's 18 days. You got it, ma'am. I'll be talking to you on my weekend show. Yeah. Thank you. We love you. Uh, I I keep you in my prayers. I know you've had some some health battles. And just thank thank you. you for using that microphone for good. We need more people like you. It's the best I can do. Carrie Lake, thank you so much. All right, folks. She is uh, the real deal, man. We are very careful with our guests here, especially with 18 days to go in an election. And I'm telling you, she deserves every second of that airtime. Send a few dollars over there. Believe me, it's invested wisely. All those people who invested in my congressional campaign say to me to this day, you know what? You may have lost, but we never have you on the microphone if we didn't send that five bucks. This is the future of our party. Her, Ron DeSantis, we got others out there too. 
But I'm telling you, the real deal. That was Carrie Lake. Up next is Dan Horowitz. This guy is an expert on COVID and the vaccine. If you want the truth, look up Dan Horowitz. We'll get to that in a second. Let me tell you about our next sponsor first. Folks, you know I'm a firearms guy. You know how much I love my Henry repeating arms. HenryUSA.com. That's the website. I own a few Henry uh, rifles. I love them. I have the 4570 and the 44 carbine, the all-weather finish. I got a new one recently. They're made with the finest craftsmanship I've ever seen. You got to check them out. Mine were accurate right out of the box. These rifles take a beating. They've been reliable and spot-on accurate for me. They're a family-owned business at Henry. Their guns are made in America. They won't be made at all. They're real patriots there, too. They give back to our military veterans, law enforcement. They donate a lot of money to support the Second Amendment, uh, the Second Amendment and help pass the shooting sports to future generations. There are more than 200 Henry rifles and shotguns to choose from with a wide variety of both calibers and finishes. Each one is backed by a lifetime warranty, and they offer award-winning customer service. Make sure you visit their website, henryusa.com, to order a free catalog. It comes with decals, free decals on a list of dealers in your area. Go today, henryusa.com, henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals. Henryusa.com to learn more about this great American company. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers, and they're all made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Here's Dan Horowitz about the outrageous decision by the CDC to recommend COVID vaccines via their schedule for kids before letting them go to school. All right, I just told you yesterday we typically don't do two guests in a show unless something important happens, and the second day in a row it's two guests. But uh, you all love Dan Horowitz, so I want to welcome back to him to the show. He's one of the few people I trust out there for actual COVID information. Dan, thanks for uh, joining us last minute. We appreciate it. Hey, great to be with you. Never an unimportant day these these years. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's crazy. Like I thought it was going to be a slow news week and it exploded on me. So please, uh, we go to you, Dace, Kirpin, Berenson, whenever we need um, actual information about what's going on with COVID. Uh, p- please explain to us what's going on with ACIP and the CDC vote today with this vaccine. And, and, and what does it mean for parents who then may be forced to give this vaccine to their kids? Uh, you walk us through with the facts. Sure. So as of 3 p.m. yesterday, we were told by CDC's immunization division chief, Dr. Jose Romero, that there was no plan for CDC at this point to place the COVID shots on the childhood immunization schedule. But here we are. I mean, as I have the screen up here, it's about 13 minutes from now. They are going to be voting on exactly that. Uh, There was a question brought up when I tuned in after my own podcast. I didn't see the whole um, the whole briefing today. But uh, one briefer was this Dr. Woody uh, was asked, how could the CDC add an unlicensed emergency use authorization shot to the schedule? And it was like, hey, we checked with the Office of General Counsel and they said it's OK. So, Dan, there's that. They're going to do it 
um, any minute, uh, I'm assuming it's going to be unanimous, all 15 votes as it usually is, because they're all bought out by the industries. And what this means is this. If you're in a blue state, um, it it doesn't directly say that states must mandate it, but typically they do um, follow it. And there's a lot of money tethered to these recommendations, as you well know. Um, but even the red states, I mean, as of now, I've only seen Joseph Latipo, the Florida Surgeon General, speak out and say, hey, this is not happening here. I have not seen any of the other red states speak up, which is pretty disturbing. But I think the broader motivation here beyond how it's going to affect school children is to absolve uh, all the manufacturers permanently of any liability. Because once the PREP Act goes away and the emergency goes away, if they ever do terminate it, then theoretically it could be subject to some degree of liability. So by putting it on the child immunization schedule, it's covered by the NCBIA of 1986, which essentially says any childhood scheduled vaccine is absolved from all liability. So that's an important point. That's where I need you and Phil and Steve, because this is where I I only trust you guys. And I mean that you think this is a financial motivation because this kind of Dan, this crept up on us kind of out of nowhere. I mean, as yep. you said, this wasn't on the agenda. Um, you, you listen, nobody knows Democrats better than you. Gosh, you would want to talk political strategy, folks. Talk to Dan Harwood's. Democrats are typically tactically smarter than this, Dan. We're 19 days before an election. You're going to piss off mama and papa bear 19 days before an election and say, oh, by the way, we're going to throw this thing on the schedule, which is going to lead a lot of states to basically de facto mandate them that jab this thing into your kid's arm. Uh, So you're suggesting there's a financial motive here and a lot of other people feel the same way because it doesn't seem to make any political sense. And we know politics is a large, large swath of this thing, unfortunately. So, I mean, look, you look at the youngest cohort of children that they authorized it for, only a few percent opted for it. The new boosters, only four or five percent, even in Israel, it's extremely low. People are kind of done with it. So it's a little bit bizarre to all of a sudden make this extreme move. Uh, so so I'm not saying you shouldn't be vigilant that they're going to mandate it. But I do think the primary motivation is the liability issue. Yes, it's financial, but but Dan, as you've seen this entire era, it's more than just money. It's a way of life. It's the Fourth Reich. Yes. It's the transhumanism. It's a, yes. so this is kind of like your you know in my religion you get a circumcision when when a baby is born. This is your this is your christening. This is your circumcision. This is part of being one of the tribe. And it's a way of greasing the skids for about 15 other mRNAs coming down the pipeline. By the way, both human and animal. It does go into cattle, and that's a whole other issue, the mRNA going into the food. They have to fully legitimize it and tether this new, very problematic technology with the more established vaccines that most people seem to be okay with so that, hey, it's covered by the same uh, legality, the same immunity. And then they could keep churning this out. So it's not just these shots, but I think it's for the future as well. Yeah, I know. I, I agree with you. Your analysis there is spectacular and and is commensurate with exactly what I've been saying for a while now that this clearly we're not in the realm of science anymore. Tom Massey, uh, you know, really fantastic Republican congressman, has a tweet out with one of the CDC's own slides from the meeting on childhood vaccines, Dan. 
and it has COVID-associated hospitalizations by age group. Massey had to put an arrow on the chart to find the 5 to 17-year-olds because it's like an asymptote at the bottom. You can barely see it. And this wasn't even people there due to COVID. It was just people in the hospital who tested COVID positive. <laughs> so, I mean, this have we lost all ability to analyze risk? This just sounds crazy. And, and they said all day that the uh, benefit outraised the, the risk. I mean, I could throw a million things at you. And if you, as you well know, in conservative review, I pretty much write about this every week. But just a couple things to consider. CDC's own V-safe data. So it turns out that all along they actually were tracking it, and they had about 10.2 million people who signed that little card when they got the shot that they would update them on what happened to them. And there were over 70 million adverse events, and it turns out that 7.7% had to see a doctor for an average of about three visits post-vaccine from injury. 7.7% had a clinical-level injury. We now know from a Saudi survey that came out, depending on the type of shot, you know, AstraZeneca versus Pfizer or the dose of one or two, between 7 and 13%, from what I can see, had either chest pain, shortness of breath, or some form of arrhythmia, irregular heartbeat. That's that's heavy duty, aside from the 40, 50, 60 percent that experience flu like symptoms and malaise and whatever. There's something really, really wrong there. And I think the dike was starting to break on some very disturbing news. I mean, I, ha- I have to continuously up my estimate as to how many people died, likely died and were likely injured and the long term injuries and the cancers. This is all going down. I mean, this is this is not funny. And one other disturbing thing I need to share with your listeners, Public Health Scotland, you might have heard this last year, their um, neonatal deaths suddenly doubled in September of last year, now again in March of this year. Now, that's a big problem because uh, infant mortality goes down every successive year. And this has been that way for like 50 years in every Western country. Right, right. Yeah, every Western country. So to suddenly reverse that trend is really, really bizarre. And, you know, they said they were going to investigate it. And they said it's not COVID last year, but then they didn't say what it was. And then it happens again this year. It breaches the upper bounds of their, you know, warning signs. Okay, do another investigation. Then they say, well, it's not the vaccines. So I figured, all right, well, how did they study? What did they do? And uh, the Scotland Herald reports on this. They had some public information request emails they got. It turns out they never studied the vaccination status of the mothers that lost their babies within 30 days or whatever. They never studied it. They just said it's not plausible that that there's a link. They didn't study it. Why didn't they study it? And they openly say that they that, look, there's no public health difference because we're not going to stop the vaccines. That was a given. We're not going to stop it. So we don't want to people to lose confidence um, and the outcomes of such analysis while being uninformative for the public health decision-making had the potential to be used to harm vaccine confidence at a critical time. So we, we are now living in the Fourth Reich where you could have something that potentially kills everyone, and they'll be like, we don't want to study it because it might kill everyone, and then people find out, and they won't want to take it. Like what? What did you just say? Yeah, this I mean, is. This, I mean, this is, this is all the indicia here of 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 cult like behavior. 
Um, I mean, actual, I don't mean like how the left refers to us, which is just silly and stupid. We're all free thinkers here. I mean, these are actual indicators of clinical cult-like behavior, like people who are willing to sacrifice the health and safety of themselves and their kids in order to align with some ideological golden calf God, big government that told them what to do in order to signal some shibboleth, like you said, that they're part of some club of big government cultists. I mean, this is... This is this is crazy, Dan. Dan, I want a question. I only got a few minutes left, but what is the level of study they've done on these vaccines they want to force into our kids now? Uh, I had uh, Dace on the other day and Phil Kirpin. Phil Kirpin seemed to indicate that they studied it on eight mice. That sounds like a pretty substantial sample size of subjects before you go nuclear with something. Well, look, and and uh, a lot of the mice had problems too. It turns out, and and they all got COVID. By the way, the mice got COVID. A lot of people don't know that. But if you look in the FDA's own press release, they'll tell you that the safety was relied upon from the adult trial for a different version. So they literally didn't do any safety um, uh, analysis. They did immunobridging. They look at at antibody levels, but antibody levels they admitted they don't tell you anything. Um, what type of antibodies and what part of your body, and, and as you well know, a lot of antibodies could be autoantibodies and problematic. I mean, this is unbelievable. But but the Biden administration just announced earlier this week their plan for pandemics, that they're going to have a lockdown for 130 days, and then they're automatically going to have vaccines by 130 days, about four months, and no clinical trials. It was It was to groom people into a new normal that we don't do clinical trials anymore. Now, even when we did them at the beginning of the pandemic, clearly they were falsified, but you know, at least there was some sort of um, hurdle that they had to meet. I mean, this is crazy, but you look at Republicans, and I'm not even seeing this on their top 10. I'm not seeing any of them call for investigations on injury, no. on gain of function. Um, and, and by the way, the Biden administration promised more gain of function. They're not even, they're not even promising to stop that. I mean, no, Dan, Dan, the worst part, uh, the, the worst part is they, they're not even hiding it. They just gave that grant to that Boston lab. They're not even hiding it. But I want to get one. I, I, I have a minute, 30 seconds left. This is going to be if this passes today, I believe they're going to cause a political rebellion. I think there was going to be a red wave regardless. I know Republicans may not be the solution to all our problems, sure. but Democrats are certainly the cause of them. I think Gretchen Whitmer uh, and the uh, lockdown vaccine pushers. They go down and go down hard, Kathy Hochul, if this passes today. Your, your thoughts? I got a, a hard minute left. No, that is a good point. I mean, uh, you know, some somehow in, in Michigan, the governor seems to be popular, which is bizarre. But this brings the issue back to the bread and butter of what so many people in Michigan suffered. Um, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you, Dan. There's a part of me that is a little bit gleeful about this because my concern was they were doing this anyway. The biomedical state is not over with they're finished the foundation, meaning now they're layering it up. They're not, it's not over with, but too many Republicans were ignoring the issue and it needs to be dealt with. So I think you're right. I'm hoping that this will spawn some sort of a backlash where we say, wait a minute, we need to pass federal and state legislation banning these trialless um, uh, approvals, banning. So just to be clear on what you're saying, you're saying, listen, it doesn't sound great, but if they were going to do it anyway, do it now before an election so we can vote your asses out and fix it. 
Okay, I got your point. Yeah, good point. It's not a bad point. Dan Horowitz, uh, where can people find you, by the way? I know uh, they love to follow you. Well, I'm kicked off of everywhere except for Telegram at C19 Truth Bombs, as in COVID-19 on Truth Telegram. Bombs. That's where you see it on Telegram. Okay, Dan Horowitz, thanks a lot. When that book comes out, we got to have you and uh, you and Steve back. You guys are great. Thanks for coming on last minute. We appreciate it. That was Dan Horowitz. Up next is one of my favorite Senate candidates anywhere in the country, Alaska Senate candidate, the only conservative in that race, Kelly Shibaka. But let me tell you first about our final sponsor. Folks, the stock market's in turmoil. In one month, the market lost 10% of its value. Even though the inflation's out of control, what's the Democrats' plan? Of course, you know, spend more money which will drive more inflation, which will make the money in your wallet worth less. Make your savings worth less. You'll get battered here. How do you preserve your, uh, your money and protect your savings? Well, do what I do. Use Birch Gold, B-I-R-C-H. You can own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered account with Birch Gold. If you're freaked out about the economy and the U.S. dollar, then text Dan to 989898. Don't wait. Birch Gold will send you a free information kit on securing your savings with gold. I'm a customer. I'm really grateful that I am right now. And Birch Gold is legit. They've been around almost 20 years with five-star reviews and thousands of satisfied customers. So check them out. Text Dan to 989898. Secure your future with gold. Do it today. Birch Gold. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Message and data rate supply. Here's Kelly Shibaka of Alaska, a true conservative running against the rhino, I call her Democrat, uh, Lisa Murkowski who must be defeated, by the way. She's a strong conservative voice, Kelly Shibaka, and you need to hear from her. Take a listen. All right, we've had her on before. She was a huge hit. You all loved her. We're trying to put candidates on the show. Uh, we're a little heavy on, on candidates over the next 20 days, obviously, because it's a critical election. It's the most important one of your lifetime until the next one. No, I mean it. It's that critical, and then the next one will be just as critical. Uh, let's welcome back to the show Kelly Chibaka running in Alaska for the United States Senate, the only conservative on the ballot. How are you? Welcome back. I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. It's always great to be with you. Oh, gosh. Come on. It's a pleasure. We've really followed your campaign and enjoyed it from the start. I'm so glad you're taking on Democrat Lisa Murkowski. I, I get it. I, she runs as a Republican. I know the whole routine. She's not. So, I, you know, I'm not even entertaining any of that stuff. The woman is to the left of Lenin. Um, how does it look up there in that race in Alaska? Because there's a problem we have, Kelly. You need to win this seat. You're the only conservative in the race because it, she is really effectively a Democrat with the things that matter, uh, especially judicial nominations and things like that. So what I could see happening, Kelly, is sadly we could get to a 51-49 majority. And then what would happen if Lisa Murkowski gets reelected is our, the entire nation's fate would be in the hand of a Republican who's really a Democrat. That's why we need you to win. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> you better say yeah, yes. you're absolutely right. That's functionally what happens now is oftentimes she just saves Kamala the walk down Pennsylvania Avenue and gives the tie breaking vote over to Joe Biden. She does the bidding of Joe Biden about 80 percent of the time. You're right. She is functionally Democrat. That's why the Alaska Republican Party censured her and removed her from membership that she's not allowed to run as a Republican, but she and her campaign team, campaign team re-engineered the election rules in Alaska and, and changed how we do elections so that you can call yourself whatever you want on our ballot. They got rid of party primaries. And for that reason, Murkowski and I are actually in the final election together. Right after our primary, all the polls were saying the same thing. It's a 50-50 tie. But I'm excited to let you know that now polls are saying that I have a five to seven point lead over her. Even 538 is reporting 
that it looks like I'm going to win with a 53%. And it's been pretty consistent the last couple of weeks. I know it's exciting. So what I'm doing for that, yeah, I'm out here knocking thousands of doors, me, my husband and the kids. That's a grassroots movement in Alaska. 2,500 votes is 1%. This is the, the closest Senate race and the least expensive Senate race in the nation. If the audience wants to help out, I'm at kelly4ak.com. We can buy a lot of ads for a little bit of money to help move the people in the middle to come over to our side to vote. And that's how we'll win. Kelly4ak.com. Folks, I'm going to do uh, this work, Kelly, because I ran for office and I can tell you, and I think, Kelly, you'd agree. The single worst experience running for office. I, I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. I, I, you know, I'm not going to tell you some kind of pity sob story. It was fun. I enjoy talking to people. But the worst part is asking people for money. It, it's horrible. You just your mom and dad tell you growing up, don't brag about yourself and don't ask people for money. And that's what <laughs> politics is. So I'm going to do her a favor. Kelly for AK.com. Folks, if you got a few bucks, five bucks, one dollar, ten dollars, twenty dollars, whatever it may be. This is a really pivotal race. I'm not kidding. We could win a 51-50 majority, get Lisa Murkowski in there in Alaska, and she is a, she's effectively a Democrat. It's useless. So this is a, a consider this a, a, suite that would, a, a seat that would swing in our direction. Kelly, one of the things that you'd be really important for the listeners who may say, well, well you know, what do I care about in Alaska Senate seat? Which my listeners are smart. They don't say that kind of stuff. But if they were, Alaska is floating on a sea of oil and gas. Now, Joe Biden in the administration has been terrible, terrible at allowing Alaska to develop its 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 sea of natural resources. Um, He gave a speech today saying he's doing everything in his power to make sure that states (laughs) like yours and you're laughing already. It's it's, it's hilarious, isn't it? He's doing he's actually stopping Alaska from helping the country out with our oil and gas. Joe Biden targeted Alaska for shutdown on day one. In fact, his administration has leveled 26 direct executive actions at Alaska to shut down our state. And it's been through these radical environmentalist nominees that Senator Murkowski has put in office, sometimes with tie-breaking votes. And so this affects all of America. Energy policy used to be a political thing. Now it's a personal thing. I didn't get political until last year. We're all feeling it. We have Alaskans who can't pay for gas and groceries, and that's most of us. So how are we living up here? We're living off of the cans and the game and the fish that we caught and killed. That's it. It's canned food and it's game and it's fish. That's how Alaskans are living. I don't think any state in the nation is suffering as much as our state is. So it's funny to laugh at Joe Biden when he says stupid stuff like that. But in Alaska, we're crying and we're hurting. That's the reality of every Alaskan up here. And it's not just oil and gas. Let me tell you what our state does for the United States of America. We have enough oil and gas to fuel the United States of America. It's our critical minerals that can create the United States of America. It's our timber that that builds the United States of America, our affordable housing that's being affected because we're not allowed to touch a single piece of wood up here. It's our fish that feeds the United States of America. Every fish on your menu, almost all of it comes from Alaska waters. And it's our national security position that can protect and defend the United States of America. And it's obviously our tourism that inspires the United States of America. But we can't do any of that if we don't have leadership in in the center of the United States in Washington, D.C., that won't be bought and bullied by the D.C. establishment insiders. And that's what's happening right now. Alaska is the foundation for this country. And that's why they're targeting us for shutdown, because you don't have America first leadership in the middle of the nation. Yeah, we're talking to Kelly Shibaka. She's running for Senate in the state of Alaska against a Republican who's really a Democrat, Lisa Murkowski. The website is kelly dot com. 
Kelly, they, they instituted a ridiculous system of ranked choice voting in Alaska, which has everybody furious. Uh, for our listeners out there, what's the I hate that. What's the best strategy to get you elected? I know this sounds like a dumb question because in a regular election, you pick Kelly Chewbacca or Lisa Murkowski, right? But that's not what's happening. With ranked choice voting, I know because I get the emails. There are still people confused as to how this works. What is the best way to ensure you, the only conservative in this race, wins this pivotal, potentially swing Senate seat? The best scenario is that we get more than 50% of the vote on election night. And to do that, we want people to rank Kelly Chewbacca, bubble in the number one, then leave everything else blank and go to the next race. So if you're listening and you're an Alaskan voter, that's the best and simplest scenario. Rank Kelly Chewbacca one and move on. Nothing else happens to your ballot. It doesn't disqualify your ballot. You don't need to listen to any of those fear messages that come from Camp Murkowski, where she can only have a fighting chance at keeping her 41-year Murkowski monarchy in place through second-place votes. Just vote Kelly Chewbacca number one and move on. Please do this, folks, because this is how we got stuck with a Democrat in the, out, in the at-large seat. I mean, this is an abomination. You have this blood-red state, Alaska. I mean, patriots. These the people, the Alaskans sweat liberty and freedom, man. They sweat that stuff. You guys, there is nothing more America than Alaska. My neighbor down the block, it's her favorite vacation. Believe me, she's rich. She can go wherever the heck she wants. She swears by Alaska. She loves it. <laughs> and and we have a Democrat sitting in the house seat. But I, I know we're here talking about your race, but just quickly, do you think we're gonna we're gonna get that back uh, with either Nick or Sarah? And that uh, please tell me you're optimistic because we can, we can't have that. I think Alaskans are smart enough to figure out the best way to get that seat back is to bubble in both Nick and Sarah. That way we don't split the vote. But I'll tell you, you're absolutely right. There is a full on effort up here. We've never seen anything like it, Dan. They've got millions and millions and millions of dollars of dark money flooding into this state from the D.C. establishment to try and keep Murkowski in her seat and try and keep that Democrat in the House seat because they'll do what the establishment wants them to do against the interests of all the freedom-loving Alaskans up here. I've got Mitch McConnell dumping up to $9 million in smear ad lie campaign up here against me so he can keep Murkowski in that seat because Murkowski will do whatever the establishment wants. Remember, McConnell and Murkowski sided with Joe Biden in passing through that radical gun control legislation and red flag laws, and that's completely against what Alaskans want. Even Democrats carry guns in Alaska. And these are the kind of things they're trying to push through against the will of the people in Alaska. So we need your help, everyone who's listening. At KellyForAK.com, Alaska is the foundation of America. These votes matter to you, and we need your help. A little bit goes a long way. Yeah, it does. And, and, and folks, we're talking to Kelly Chewbacca, the conservative candidate for the U.S. Senate in Alaska. Remember, uh, only Alaskans can vote for her, but her vote matters to you. It's, 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 there's right. only 100 seats. and it's, Whatever she does makes a big dish. She could be the swing vote. So this is really important. Uh, just explain to the audience Ab, why, why races are expensive or cheap. Like I ran in a really expensive area of Maryland that covered basically three states, Delmarva, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. And so the TV audience is expensive. In Alaska, which is not a really densely populated state, the TV markets they're relatively cheap. So, you know, I don't like campaign strategy so much, but I, the audience, I think, finds it interesting. You know, for maybe a couple thousand dollars, you can buy a boatload of radio and TV that could really swing swing a race. Whereas in Florida, with all these media markets and in Maryland, 
You, you can't do that. Yep, that's absolutely right. The cost of difference in a campaign in Alaska is tremendous. Like, I can buy statewide radio ads for $5,000, a statewide mailer for $35,000. Dan, I can see your mouth dropping wide open right now. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that, 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 my block is $35,000 for a mailer. <laughs> that's really? right. Sewell, uh, Sewell's point, right? Just the island is $35,000. Exactly. <laughs> a TV ad will, will cost me maybe twenty dollars to $30,000. Um, it is the way that the way that other people have said it is, quote, it's the cheapest Senate seat to buy. That's the what that's what makes us Alaskans gag. And we know dark money is coming up here to try and buy our Alaskan Senate seat. The way that I'm explaining it to audiences while I'm on this road trip throughout all of Alaska is I don't need a lot of your donations to fight back and get the truth out. We just need to put out some targeted digital ads and targeted radio, some targeted mailers to the people who are still undecided. And the truth really goes well in Alaska. We're a small town, big state. We communicate very well with each other about what's happening. And we don't like dark money and we don't like lies. We talk straight. My dad always said, talk straight, kid. They might not like what you say, but they always know where you're standing. And that's called integrity. And that's yeah. the way we roll up here. And that's all the truth I need to get out. So a little bit of money goes a long way in Alaska. This is the best return on investment if you're looking to make a difference in this campaign year. And unlike Joe Biden, Jim, I believe Kelly's dad actually told her that. Joe Biden's like, my pop said he just makes it up, whatever the day is. <laughs> Kelly, last question. We're talking to Kelly Chewbacca, conservative candidate for Senate in Alaska. Kelly for AK.com if you'd like to send some money her way. Uh, the border's an enormous crisis. I, I, you know, I get it. You're up in Alaska, but you, you will potentially be a United States senator. Your vote is going to matter a whole hell of a lot. Uh, we have got to seal this border. The drug crisis coming across this border is affecting you in Alaska dramatically. Yeah, absolutely is. And Alaskans care very much about the border. Remember, we have a very large border with Canada. So border policy is a huge policy for Alaskans. And we're very concerned about the fact that an open border is not a border. And our Senator Murkowski is extremely complicit in all of the votes that have allowed for chain migration and this open border and even allowing illegal immigrants who come across the border and commit multiple crimes against innocent U.S. civilians to stay here and not have to be deported. And so Alaskans are furious about this. We can't be involved in all of these other issues across the country and in, in other foreign affairs when we have this crisis at the border. Um, one of the ways that Alaska Native leaders said it to me is, it's very disturbing to see illegal immigrants coming across the border being treated better than our first peoples here in Alaska, our first nations. Alaska Natives out in rural Alaska being treated. Um, yeah. Those are some of the concerns being spoken up here in Alaska. And I think those are, should be concerns across the nation. Oh, it's so Americans true, Americans are being treated worse. Uh, I'm sorry, I got to go, but you're so right. I mean, the mayor of New York City, liberal mayor of New York City, he's got this uh, Xboxes. They get their laundry done, cable TV for illegal immigrants. And then you got American citizens in Alaska who built this country getting screwed over, sitting out in the cold. That's, That's right. total crap, and I'm glad you brought that up. The website is kellyforak.com, one of the best candidates I've seen come along in a long time for the U.S. Senate. Kelly Chibaka, good luck in the race. Uh, if you need to come back, just please, you let us know the day. I have to, I must get you elected. I am committed to this. It is <laughs> so you, important Dan. to me. You got it, Kelly. Good luck. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. You got it, folks. Please, that race is hugely important. Murkowski is a disaster. I have been warning you about her and Joe Manchin for years. I promise you, 
She is a mess. We got to get Kelly in there. That was Kelly Chibaka. Thanks for listening to this special Sunday podcast we put together for you. You know I deeply appreciate it. Thank you for your loyalty to the show. It means a lot. You can hear me every weekday across the country on over 300 radio stations. If you want to know where, it's simple. Go to Bongino.com and click on Station Finder to find the station near you. Thanks for listening. You just heard Dan Bongino.